Welcome to the 42nd episode of the Invincibly Supermassive Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. I am Tony Guerrero, the editor-in-chief of ComicVine.com. We have a sort of special, maybe not so special episode this week. It is just going to be me, and I'm going to attempt to try to tackle a bunch of these questions since some of them are approaching two months. And, you know, I know some people are probably wondering, where's my answers? You know, it's been two months now. I'm waiting and waiting. So I, I know some people uh, listen to this show for the questions. Some people listen for the guests. Some people for both. But I know that every once in a while there's someone like, well, you know, I don't really follow that 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 creator. You know, I'm not familiar with their stuff. I don't know if I want to listen, but I still will because I'm a faithful listener. So, um, and the other reason is, as you are probably aware, last weekend, by the time you listen to this, was PAX Prime in Seattle. And sort of a, it was like a last-minute thing where I ended up going, or am going, as I record this. So that kind of created um, a bit of a, a crumdum. Is that the word? That caused a, a bit of a some scheduling things on my end, trying to do some, you know, this and that. So rather than, uh, you know, try to scramble get someone on a different day to record with me i decided i would take this chance just to you know jump into your questions and do this next week we should be back with a regular guest fingers crossed so with that oh and also the other thing the other reason is um i've sort of teased this on twitter before is there will soonish be another three minute expert video so that means I need to take the time to, you know, take the character or characters um, in question, condense their history down, try to cram it into a three-ish, three minutes. And then, of course, there's the matter of getting all the images, you know, finding images online, scanning comics that I have or, or whatnot. So I really need to get going on that as well. So that is the other reason why. It is just going to be me. So you probably also notice this is a slightly shorter episode. So I'm not going to be here for you know an hour and a half, two hours. Because um, here's a little secret. I'm actually recording this on Wednesday and new review day. And yeah, it was a crazy day. A lot, a lot happened last Wednesday. So jumping into some questions. Um, oh, and if you have questions, you can... Ask in a general discussion forum. There is a Ask G-Man video questions forum. You can ask there. Um, you can also ask on Twitter. But there's there's been kind of a problem if if you're if go to Twitter if if you if you use a Twitter, go to Twitter. Type in Ask G-Man because that's the hashtag that I've been using for this. If you type in Ask G-Man. You're going to see a bunch of questions that all have to do with fishing. So it turns out, um, and um, as we speak of this, 
Chatham96 just tweeted me. He says, I don't know if you noticed, but some Fisher has stolen your hashtag. <laughs> so it's, he's not just some Fisher. He's, I think he's like a professional Fisher guy. And he must have, you know, obviously I don't, you, you can't own a hashtag. You know, it, it, it happens, you know, people, people can hashtag whatever they want. So he must have said, Hey, Twitter followers, if you got fishing questions, use the hashtag ask G man. And there's a bunch of questions. Maybe I should try answering some of those. I don't know anything about fishing. So I don't think that'd be too interesting. But another example is I, I tried using the off my mind hashtag and i was getting all these some some singer performing artist that i'm not familiar with and the i guess the younger generation if you want to say that um there's must been some sawing or something and there's like all these other things and i didn't so yeah i gave that one up but i don't want to give up this this hashtag so we'll 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 make do you know I, i can sift through those and hopefully find your questions on there. Um, so far, I see a couple. So that's the other problem. This other G-Man guy, who's his name's not G-Man or anything, he has a lot more questions on Twitter than, than you guys. So what's up with that? You guys need to help me reclaim the Ask G-Man hashtag. Otherwise, it's all going to be about fishing. So on, um, we'll get to a couple questions from Twitter in just a sec. And on the forums... Nicholas Prime says, two questions are just burning in my brain. Why did Kane's costume change back to the normal all black and red spotted stealth suit when he visited New York? Um, you know, honestly, I, I, I do like Scarlet Spider. I, I've been off and on. And, you know, there's been a couple times where I've missed an issue and then I just I, I don't get around to reading it. Partly is because Greg's been reviewing it and, you know, he's he's really digging it. Um, I was, you know, a huge fan when when it started off, especially when Ryan Stegman was on board, I still you know like the character and what it what it it stands for. Um, but I I didn't quite so you know I did read when when Kane went to New York, and you know that was <laughs> that was there's some funny stuff with him and Wolverine. As far as why he he changed it, my understanding, and unless I missed something earlier on, is you know the stealth suit obviously it, it can change. So I'm not quite sure exactly how that works. If he can control the change, if maybe he just decided that that would be a better look, that it would be more fitting, or maybe he just wanted to distance himself. You know, people are like, Hey, Scarlet spider, you're in, in Texas. Now you're back in New York and you know, what's going on. So I'm assuming that's the reason. And I could be totally wrong with that. If, if another explanation was given, but um, I, I, don't think I read the issue right before he went to New York or maybe I don't, I might've missed that. Um, second question. I thought it was established that white lanterns could bring the dead back to life. That being said, why could Kyle Rayner not do it as a new white lantern and green lantern number 20? Um, I meant to go back and reread this issue. So, you know, we're on issue 23 now. Um, I just think, you know, things are different and, and part of it is the whole nature of the, white lanterns you know it's it's it was it was it was kind of just kind of a weird thing because you know there was only one white lantern and uh, you know there still is i i think there has to be some limits to that and i'm trying to think of how brightest day ended you know because there are some some crazy things and 
Brightest Day, you know, if, if we're being honest, it started off on a high note and then it just kind of went on. And I think part of it was that there was, you know, a few different stories and with the, was it weekly or was it bi-weekly? I, I can't even remember now. It feels like it's been so long. And, you know, with the, the different threads going on, you know, there, there'd be sometimes where it'd be like, you know, two or three issues where, you know, like whatever happened with Aqualad, which I'm actually, actually, where's Aqualad in E52? We don't know. But, you know, there, there'd be like story threads that would be started and then it'd be, you know, a couple issues till they, they picked up again. So as far as um, the White Lanterns with, with Kyle, I just think, and I'm I'm totally making this up right now. <laughs> I think you know he he's kind of in a different situation since he he has access to all the different rings. Where it might be a little different if he was just a white lantern all the time, but you know since he can channel the other powers, that that might affect it. And, but I just think that what it comes down to is that's not a power that we want him to have because you know it that that just makes things too easy. It's like oh. Let's go into battle. If you die, I'll just bring you back. You know, and there, there's got to be a price to that. You know, and if, especially if you're talking about like you know balance of you know life and death in the universe and all that stuff. I mean, it could just really mess things up. So, I'm sorry, Nicholas Prime, but there's your 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 half 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 attempt answers to your question. Um, Federix says. Hey, uh, hello, Tony and Brian. Okay, yes, I'm guessing Brian Buccellato because statistically he's the best guest. I did, I'll be honest, I didn't even ask Brian because he was just busy. He was at like doing some signings and stuff like that. And plus, you know, he was just on two weeks ago and you know, he's got all these comics and stuff coming out and he's got to do his, his job. Um, so Federex says, I've been wanting to get some Frank Miller work. I just read Dark Knight Returns and loved it. Can you recommend any other stories or trades by him? I know he did Daredevil, but I don't know where to start. Um, it's funny. I was actually going to mention Daredevil. There are some trades like uh, where they spotlight the creators. So um, I have – I picked up – you know, I have some of the issues buried in my collection. But I, I have the first two volumes of the Frank Miller Daredevil trades. So you can get that. And you just just look for the first one. It should still be in print. I'm pretty sure it still is in print, and you know you can just start right there. And the, the nice thing about it is, you know, you didn't have to worry about what happened before that. It, it, it felt like it was it was a fairly good jumping on point where you, you can just jump in and you know pick up the pieces, what's going on, and just follow you know everything from there. You know, including when Electra first appeared and all that. So. I would recommend that um, other Frank Miller work. Um, you know, that's a, a good question because, um, you know, there's Sin City, but, you know, first of all, it, it depends on, on what, what kind of story you want. Cause you know, obviously Sin City is not all age appropriate. So, you know, you, you want to, you know, if, if you don't want, you know, sex, violence, you know, profanity, you're going to want to stay away from that. But, you know, if, if you are a mature reader and by that, I mean, you know, if you're older reader and, you know, you, you don't have a problem with that, you want to ch- check out some of those stories. Um, Electra Assassin was, it was a, a great series. It was an eight issue mini series. Um, Frank Miller. I mean, and again, I don't know if you're talking about 
um, arch or writing or both or one or the other. Cause like the daredevil stuff, you know, he started off where he was just doing the art and then, you know, then he kind of switched over um, his, his Wolverine miniseries with Chris Claremont. You know, that was a good one. The, the four issue miniseries. Um, and, you know, you can find some other stuff, you know, there, there's daredevil, the man without fear. I think that was like a four, I think it was like a five issue miniseries. You, you, know, you can check that out. Boom Studios is currently doing a, a RoboCop series that they're, they're taking his original script from what would have been because the second and third, you know, the, the final uh, RoboCop story. So that that's kind of interesting. I wasn't totally crazy about the first issue, um, but I, I do feel like it can pick up from there. So, you know, there's some different things. Uh, he, Frank Miller also did this. Um, I don't know if this is in print, but there's a series called Hard Boiled, and he did it with, with Jeff Darrow. It was kind of like oversized comic. Jeff Darrow, I mean, his art, oh my gosh. If you see this, it is like ultra detailed. I mean, it's, it's some super crazy stuff. If you can find Hard Boiled, um, that that will be cool. And then uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, you know, he, he worked on, on some of those. Um, I think there's like like 12 Twelve or, or so um, issues, volumes of that. Um, don't get all Star Batman or Robin because it's yeah, it's all over the place. I mean, it's interesting. I I, I will say that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, and I don't know if I ever admitted it. If I should admit it, but uh, the sequel to Dark Knight Returns, I never finished reading it. It's just like uh, I I don't know. It was just there. There's there's something about it. I, I need to, to read that at some point. Uh, let's see. Moi Jingo. Says, All this talk in the last few podcasts about Superman accessing the Speed Force made me think. I always looked at it that the Speed Force is a natural force in the DCU. That Flash can access it at will, but anyone going fast enough taps into it. When Superman moves uh, faster than light, it's through the Speed Force. He isn't tapped into it like Flash. But anyone who moves that fast does so because of the speed force. What do you think about that idea? This would be a good question um, for Brian um, next time he's on. So I, I should make a note to myself about that. I don't think it works that way. I I believe that you know only certain people can access the speed force. You know, it's not not necessarily that you're like a chosen one or something like that. But it's not just anyone. Now. In um, Smallville, the Smallville, the digital comic that gets printed, you know, Superman did have a special suit that allowed him, I believe, to access the Speed Force. So um, the Bart Allen character came back, and you know, he was being chased by the the Black Flash, the you know, the Grim Reaper Flash. Um, so I, it it just it doesn't work that way. Where I, my understanding of the physics of the Speed Force is. It's not just a matter of reaching a certain level of speed because you know if, if you think about it, uh, the way you know either Barry Allen or Wally West would work, you know they they can move it at different speeds and they're accessing the speed force. So like if if they're they're not going to go like full speed, like let's say you know someone drops a a, a cup of coffee off, you know knocks it off the table and they're going to try to you know catch it before it hits the ground, they don't have to move at their ultimate, you know, peak speed, they can just move a little, you know, so there's, there's different speeds to their speed. 
you know, how fast they can move. And either way, you know, even if, if they, let's say they're going to run down the street going like 80 miles an hour, they're accessing the speed force, but it doesn't mean that if, if someone like, let's say Wonder Woman can run 80 miles an hour, she's not accessing the speed force. So I think that that's the way it works. And we'll have to see, you know, what, what Brian has to say about that since he writes a little bit about the Speed Force. Speaking of the Speed Force, holy crap. Um, hopefully you guys read Flash 23 with the reverse Flash. Um, crazy. Crazy, crazy stuff. And I was shaking my fist at Brian and Francis a little bit. So they got some explaining to do. Um, we'll have to wait till uh, two weeks, one week, actually one week from next week. Yeah, next week is 23.2 with the reverse flash. So I'll have to see that. Um, let's see. Super Kryptonian says, Hey, J-Man, I was wondering if you enjoy a more powerful and invincible incarnation of Superman, such as in the New 52, or a weaker, more realistic version, such as in the animated series. Um, you know, it, it's really weird because... Superman is supposed to be like back to being like super crazy um, strong now and everything. You don't always get that that impression though. Um, you know, we, we saw, um, I think it was in Scott Liddell and Kent Roquefort's first issue where he was with that um, Shave Veritas or whatever her name is. And, you know, he was like, you know, training or working out for like five days so she could like kind of get a, a, you know, gauge his strength, his limits and all that. And he like was like, bench pressing like five times the earth's weight or some crazy something like that it's like he doesn't really you don't really see him do that that often because you know there's the problem you know you don't want him to be too powerful because it always comes back to how do you create a a nemesis for him you know if he's that powerful and and, you know by powerful we're not just talking about strength you know could be you know how fast he can fly or you know his heat vision and you know everything else like that so you know i i think ideally it's better to have a superman with some some weak not not weaknesses but with some limitations you know i'm pretty sure that's why they started um you know kryptonites to give him something to kind of you know give the villains a, you know a, a slight slight edge you know otherwise it's just going to be superman jumping in wiping everyone out and you know then if he gets tricked by like a a b-list villain then it's kind of like really that happened um as far you know but i don't want like a super weak weak superman but it's interesting if you go back and look at you know a lot of the early stuff even like like the you know the the flusher the old animated um superman stuff you know where he was you saw him struggle a little more you know even there's a runaway locomotive you know he had to sit there and work at it. So there's, there's something about that. And, you know, maybe it makes him a little more human and makes it, you know, a little, not necessarily easier to relate to him, but you don't want someone that's just ultra powerful because then, you know, there, there's nothing that can stop them. There's no problems that they can't solve. And then when there is a problem, it's like, they should be able to handle that, you know, in their sleep. So I, I would say, I wouldn't like a more, not necessarily weaker, but a Superman with limits. And, you know, maybe it's, it's just a matter of where, you know, he, if he has this, you know, all this ability, 
he can only use it for so you know certain period of time, and then you know he's gonna start getting tired, you know, just like like we all do. So you, you can't have a all super powerful Superman because that would just get crazy. Antonio Stark um, says, "What do you guys think of the possible recasting Tony Stark in a Marvel Cinematic Universe?" Robert Downey Jr. isn't getting any younger, and Marvel would obviously love to keep the character around. I'm on board with the idea of the James Bond style of recasting, getting a new actor but maintaining continuity as he did with Mark Ruffalo and the Hulk. Who do you think would be a good choice to take up the mantle? Uh, you know, I am totally 100% on board with this. I wouldn't want – I mean, obviously, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is doing a, a superb job as, as Tony Stark. Um, I wouldn't want to see a new actor – you know, every single time, which you know, we, we kind of had with the Hulk, you know, if you want to count Eric Bana and then um, Ed Norton and Mark Ruffalo, you know, because sometimes thing, things happen. I also and, you know, we also had uh, Terrence Howard and, and Don Cheadle with uh, Rhodey with, with War Machine. You know, sometimes things happen where you have to recast. Um, I wouldn't want the studios to, to use this as, uh, you know, some way to for salary negotiations like oh you know if you're not going to agree to this if you're not going to accept this low salary then we're just going to recast you know i i wouldn't want that because obviously um if if a movie like the avengers is going to make so much money then yeah those involved should get get some of it you know so it's just being fair Uh, as far as the age aspect you know that's a tricky thing about comics is Characters don't age like they do in real life, obviously. Usually what, what tends to happen when, when you look at these movies, they, they tend to go in, in threes and in trilogies. You know, we, we had three Spider-Man movies, then they started over. And, you know, whether or not, you know, uh, Tobey Maguire would have done a fourth, you know, he seemed like he was willing and then that just all fell apart. So I, I don't like the reboots. You know, I don't, I don't like that we had... Uh, Michael Keaton for two movies, and we had you know Val Kilmer and George Clooney. Um, you know there should be some consistency, especially with the main characters. So, if it came to it, sure, recast, get get another great, credible you know actor that is right for the role, so we can keep the continuity going. Because that that's what drove me crazy uh, in all these movies. You know, even like the, the Spider Man movies. You know, you you had Green Goblin. He dies at the end. You get Dr. Octopus, he dies at the end. You get Venom, he dies. At, you know, you shouldn't be killing off all these characters because you want to have the ability for them to return. Now, it looks like possibly in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 that, you know, there's rumors of a Sinister Six. And, you know, that, that's something that, that would be great. You know, introduce all these villains in the movies, then maybe, you know, they, they return, they team up, they do something like that. But if you just take a great villain or you know and, and just kill them off, that's a waste of the character. And when we have these franchises start, they do all this great stuff, and then they just reboot it. In a sense, it's almost like you're throwing away that franchise, you know those or not the franchise, but those stories. You're saying, okay, these stories didn't happen. And then yeah, sure, you can you know do things, you can start over, so we can reintroduce Mary Jane and Amazing Spider-Man, whatever. I, I just think when we have so much history with these characters, you know, if if we don't have to do our retelling of the origin every, you know, six years, ten years, 
that's fine because you know most people are are going to get that or they're going to see the previous movies or you do you know something quick you do some you know like i think what was it uh spider-man 2 where in the opening credits they basically told you the story of spider-man how you know he got bit by spider he got his powers fought the green goblin we don't need to reboot a franchise every few years so the same thing with the marvel cinematic universe you know depending on on how long they want to continue this if you know robert Downey jr seemed like he was on the fence if he you know was going to come back you know after after iron man 3 and you know whether that was something to do with you know payment or whatever you know if it gets to it where a character or an actor is not looking the role and or if they just simply don't want to do it anymore then yeah recast and i feel like i just i took way too long to answer this question so there's nothing wrong with that you know if if we can accept you know multiple james bonds bonds that sounds weird why can't we have you know multiple you know whatever superman or batmans you know that that that's fine as long as it's not done like every single movie um, also, Antonio Starks, so I would like to say that I've been listening to podcasts and visiting Comic Vine in general for a good while now, and I'm super appreciative of what you guys do. Thanks, and thank you. So, it's always nice to hear. Um, Antonio Stark has another question. Unfortunately, uh, he put us in the wrong forum because there is a thread in the podcast forum. Um, you know, maybe I should just move this to the podcast forum. I guess I, I think I can do that. Um, but this question is for Corey, so this is for the other podcast. Um, I should ask Corey this one too, but his question is, and you know, I think I have an answer to this. Uh, this is mostly for Corey, I suppose. How would you suggest about going about getting hired at a comic shop? All the shops I've been to seem to have a pretty tight group of employees and they aren't really willing to let anyone new in, especially with the state of the comic book industry. Do I just keep trying or is it more of a knowing the right person kind of thing? Well, because yeah, I mean, Getting a job at a comic store, it's like every comic, you know, you're going to want that because you, you can read free comics or you get discounts, you know, all that. You know, you can sit there, read comics while, you know, during the downtime. And, you know, so anyone that's read, read comics would love to do that and get paid to do that. So that's going to limit how many, you know, people they, they hire. Um, you know, you also, you know, it, since it's, it's a, a smaller, there's going to be a smaller number of employees so, you know, it's not like they're going to need that, you know, a huge staff. And because of the tight-knit nature, you know, if you, you hang out, you know, if you have a couple of people working at the same time or whatever, you know, you're going to want people that, that you know. And, you know, I'm not saying that, that that's the right way to do it, but that's just that's just how it is. Um, it's just it's it's rare that you're going to see, you know, an ad, for, you know, or help wanted sign at a comic store because – a lot of people are going to want that. I've heard some stories from, you know, some comic store owners where, you know, they, they've had employees that, that, you know, they knew and trusted. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it quite didn't quite work out for whatever reason. So I, I just think that they're, they're very cautious with that. And, you know, cause the thing is, you know, you don't necessarily want your, your employees should be reading comics to be knowledgeable so they can, you know, discuss it with the customers. But at the same time, they should be helping the customers out and, you know, stocking things, straighten things out, you know, doing whatever they need to do. So the only thing I could suggest, and, you know, we'd have to see what, what Corey has to say about this is, you know, just 
try to you know not necessarily worm your way you know try to try to get into the 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 community that your comic shop or the different comic shops you know, represent um you know if you don't want to shop at more than you know you could split like your 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 pull list at a couple different places just try to go to some different stores get to know them um you know it's it's real easy to you know again depending on on the employees just to strike up conversations like holy crap did you read that issue to flash you know what do you think about this and you know and you know a lot of people you know they 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 love com- they should love comics just like you do so they're going to want to talk about it and because you know maybe their other friends aren't into comics or whatever so that's why that's part of why they're working at a comic shop so just you know let them get to know you um you know it was the same thing when when I was uh getting into teaching where you know the the way I I got my degree in the middle of the year and then I substituted for you know the second semester of the school year that's a great way for the different schools to get to know you you know it it puts your 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 face out there puts your foot in the door so then if a, a position does come up you know they, they'll say oh yeah there's that one person and you know same thing at, at the a comic store if you know you get to know the owners or the other workers um you know you, you can try to find out you can kind of get a gauge you know, if, if they would even be willing to that, you know, if, if they'd be like, oh, no, no, you know, we don't, you know, you, you can, you can usually tell if, if it would ever be a possibility. So, you know, the, the thing you can do is just, just let them know. And, you know, it's, it's, if you are a returning customer, so this is where you might have to, you know, like I said, split your pull list. But if you're visiting different shops, if they get to know you, see your loyalty, don't tell them you're going to other shops that might make it easier for them when, you know, if, if something does come up, then they say, Hey, do you want a job? Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't know. And you know, the other reality is comic shops may not, um, be the highest paying job. So I don't know if, if that's something you're looking for because, um, you know, they, they want, need to keep their, their overhead low as well. So, but who doesn't want to work at a comic store? You know, it'd be a cool thing. All right, we are on page 18. Let's see how many of these questions I get through. Um, this is from Scouts 1998. Um, and this is a, a great, this, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, when I, I filmed the Ask and You Shall Receive that went up yesterday, you know, I, I kind of looked for a, a question that would be you know, good, that would call for like visuals. Um, so I did see this question. It says, Hey, G man, why don't you do a question special on a podcast? So that's kind of what I'm doing now is, you know, I, I don't want people to get discouraged. And, you know, when it's, when it's like, it's been over a month. So that's what we're doing now. Um, so the question, what do you think of Mark Wade writing Ant-Man after him doing Age of Ultron 10 AU? And if so, who would you like to see on the art and which Ant-Man? I would pick that up, especially after what he's been doing with Daredevil. Um, hopefully, you are um, checking out Avengers AI by Sam Humphreys. So that has uh, Hank Pym in there, and and it's 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 really good. I really love that series. Um, like most people, I don't like a million or I don't need a million different Avengers books, but that one has a so far it has a a, a different enough feel. 
that it, it just it feels separate. You know, it, it doesn't feel like it's just another Avengers book. You know, it's and he, it's got a Doombot in there. I mean, how crazy is that? So I, I would say definitely check that out. As far as Mark Wade, um, just because we have that book, you know, I, I would say we don't need him doing uh, writing Hank. Um, as far as Scott Ling, that that could be interesting. Um, I am concerned, you know, what's the future of FF and Fantastic Four? So, you know, it, it's been announced, you know, Matt Fraction mentioned that, you know, he's he's not going to be working on FF. Now I can't remember if he's leaving Fantastic Four also, if it's just FF. Um, and Mike Allred, so Mike Allred's brother is going to be taking over the writing part. Um, they're going to be going off of Matt Fraction's scripts and Mike Allred has said that he's on board through at least issue 16. And then it kind of sounded like uh, he was planning on possibly going, you know, doing something with uh madman. So um, if there's no fraction and no Mike Allred, you know, yeah, they could get someone else, but I mean, I, I think it's really the two of them that, that gives that book the charm that it has you know it for me it is such i i love that book you know it, it's it's so goofy but it's serious because you know there's all that like dark stuff that's like under the surface um so if if the two of them weren't there you know obviously yeah there's plenty of of you know creative creative um there's plenty of people talented creators out there is what i'm trying to say but i could easily see marvel maybe saying okay this is the end of the series and then we could get Scott Lang, you know, maybe he gets his own book. And then maybe, you know, Mark Wade could do that. Um, whether, I don't know, you know if he'd want to. We're making decisions for Mark Wade. We're, we're dictating what he's going to do. Um, as far as Eric O'Grady, you know, I'll be honest. I, I kind of fell off of um, Secret Avengers a little bit with when Rick Remender was doing it. You know, I love Rick Remender. I think everyone knows that. But that, that whole storyline with, with the, you know, where he was killed, but then he was, wasn't killed. And he was, was he replaced? Did he ever, was he turned into a robot or whatever? Um, not a robot, but so is Eric still alive? I guess is my question. And yeah, I I know people, some, so if, if you, someone answered that great, um, because, but you know, yeah, I can just look it up myself right now or as soon as I'm done recording. But I, at this moment, I don't know what his, his state is. Um, writing a pure Ant-Man book would could be a little difficult because, you know, I, I've seen some comments. People are talking, you know, when they're talking about the Ant-Man movie and, and they're not being that kind to it. You know, so the idea for the average person to buy a book just on Ant-Man could be kind of interesting. So we'll see. But, you know, Daredevil, or I mean Daredevil, Mark Wade, he could maybe make it work. Um, are there any dream creative teams you would like to see? For example, I would like to see Jim Lee work on Green Lantern, Flash, Wonder Woman, or Aquaman book, but I don't know who should write this. Yeah, I mean, you, there, there's always, you know, you, you want to see the certain creators on certain books. Um, off the top of my head, it's like, uh, because we've seen Jim Lee on those, you know, yeah, any of those would, would be great. Um you know, Jim Lee does a, a great Aquaman, and um, I really like I like his Hal Jordan. Uh, you know, I don't know 
if his style would be right, especially for what's going on now with, with Robert Venditti. So I don't know if I'd want to see him do the current Green Lantern. Um, Flash is just hard because, you know, with, with Francis Manipal and, and, and Brian Bucciolato, um, it, it would be weird to see him. Now, if, you know, Francis was taking an issue off and Jim wanted to come in, hey, that'd be great. But then again, you know, I, I'd like to see Marcus Toe, you know, do some more stuff. Um, and Jim Lee and Wonder Woman, I, I like his Wonder Woman. Um, I'm not sure if how other people feel about that. Um, so that, that'd be great. Um, there's just so many, so many great creators out there that, you know, you, you want to be able to, that's why I like the awesome art picks because you get to see the, the, the artists take on different characters. And, you know, so we can see Ryan Stegman draw someone like Batman that, you know, you know, he's doing Spider-Man. So he's probably not going to get a chance to do Batman. So it's, it would just be hard to narrow it down to, you know, one or two. Um, the last question from Scott's 1998. When do you think Hal Jordan will return to the Justice League book? Because he, it doesn't feel like the Justice League without him. Um, well, if you read Justice League 23, you know things are getting crazy. So all of September, you know, we have Villains Month, so we're not going to see anyone. And then after that, we're going to have Forever Evil. And, you know, there is a talk of the Justice League dying. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have to see what, what happens with them. So with, with all the villains um, taking over, uh, you know, because we're supposed to see that female Green Lantern that Simon Baz is supposed to train. Uh, and, you know, who knows? What's, I don't, I don't, I have no idea what's going to happen with the Justice League because, you know, we're going to have Justice League of Canada coming up. Uh, is that going to affect the regular Justice League book? Because I believe Justice League of America is changing to Justice League Canada, which in, in some ways kind of makes sense because the whole premise of Justice League of America was here's a team that was designed, that was you know created to take down the regular Justice League. Now that Trinity War has kind of thrown that out in the open, um, it would be weird for, for that book to carry on, you know, especially where now that the members – realized that's why they were chosen, you know, that they were not necessarily lied to, but kept in the dark. So it would just be, be really weird. Uh, I don't know if the regular justice league will continue in their book. Uh, if they're even going to survive. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but it would be nice to see Hal Jordan back. I agree. You know, I, I love Hal, but also he's, he's got his hands full uh, with the green lantern Corps. You know, he's, He's the leader of the entire Green Lantern Corps now that the Guardians are gone. And with Lights Out, we don't, you know, who knows what's going to happen there because the Green Lanterns aren't even protecting, you know, that this Earth sector anymore. You know, Red Lanterns are, are coming on board. So who knows what, what's happening there? And I just think it, it would be too much, too much of a stretch if Hal was going to be leading the entire Green Lantern Corps. And also just hanging out on Earth and, you know, taking down you know, some regular villain when, you know, he's got so many other responsibilities. So we'll just have to wait and see how they can do it, if they can do it, what's going to happen next. Flazam says, um, I'm, I think there might be a typo here. If you had a superhero, who would and why? 
Um, I don't know if, if, if you meant if I was a superhero, who would I be and why? Or if there was an act, and so this could be two different questions. If there was an actual superhero, like out in the world, like swinging or flying by as I look out the window to the city of San Francisco, actually looking through a window, through a window. Um, if, so let's say if I was going to be a superhero, I don't know. Uh, I know this question has come up before. I don't know who would I want to be because, you know, it, there's, there's also, there's so many different ways that you can interpret this question. Um, one would be what, you know, what superhero would you want to be? Would you want to be Batman? Would you want to have, you know, all his resources and abilities, but basically have a miserable life where you're never happy with anything? Or are you saying you'd want his abilities to be able to do everything? And same thing with Spider-Man. You know, do you want to have Spider-Man's abilities or do you want to live in Spider-Man's world and, you know, be him and, and live all that? Um, so I, I, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say. Um, I don't know who I would want to be. You know, you can pick someone easy, like a Green Lantern. Say, because, you know, all I need is, is a, a power ring and I can do all this stuff. I don't have to do, you know, like a lifetime of training like Batman, you know, constantly do all this. Maybe being a Green Lantern is kind of lazy because, you know, you don't have to be all that fit. You know, you don't, you know, yeah, you need willpower. And as long as you have the best willpower, you don't have to be in, in top physical condition. You know, you can have some some chips, you know, late at night or something and, you know, not have to worry about, about that. Um, you can maybe make sure your costume isn't, you know, super tight spandex or, you know, something like that. So, I don't know. Um, because, you know, you don't want to be someone like Superman. You know, yeah, it'd be great to have all those powers fly around. But then you're, it's like you're always Superman. You're, you're always, on, you know, would you have have it in you to say, I'm taking a night off. Um, even though I, you know, I can hear someone, you know, two blocks away calling for help. Eh, someone else can deal with that. You know, it, it'd be a little hard. Um, you know, superheroes don't have it easy and, you know, you need to make sure <laughs> if, if you plan on being a superhero, this is ridiculous, um, that, you know, you'd, you'd want to accept that responsibility because with great power comes great responsibility. Oh my goodness. This is getting cheesy. Um, if there were a, a real superhero, um, you know, it'd be cool to have someone like Batman that, you know, Batman is going to do the right thing. You know, he may be a vigilante, may break some laws, but you know, he's going to, you know, take down the bad guys. He's going to try to scare them, do the right thing. Um, and same thing with like, like Superman from the comics, not from the movie where, you know, he, he's going to try to protect everyone and, you know, that it'd be a good feeling to know that you're being protected by by Superman. If you needed that protection, obviously in our world we don't have people like Brainiac coming in and attacking the Earth. So it's just it's kind of weird. Um, Proto Flash. Sorry, it says, "Hey, oh there, Tony and Mister, probably a comic book writer, sir or ma'am." It's just me this week. I was wondering if perhaps you had an opinion on what makes a breakout title so popular and or valuable these days. Take, for example, Saga, whose first issue came out in 2012, but the first issue, um, says we're now about to get issue 13, is currently worth and currently the cheapest price, $75 on eBay. Um, thanks for your time and hope you all have a great day, night, um, whatever. Um, I'm, you know, I'm curious. Looking on eBay right now, for Saga, 
Yeah, it's not cheap. Um, well, here's okay. This C two E two retailer incentive edition near mint is two hundred fifty one dollars, but that's that's not a regular one. Here's a Saga number one first print near mint is eighty nine ninety nine. Um, here's another one sixty nine ninety nine. Uh, here's like a set, another set. So yeah, I mean they're not cheap. Um, first print what twenty eight ninety nine four bids. I'm, I think that one's going to go up. <laughs> Here's one. Yeah, ninety nine cents. You can bid or a hundred dollars. Buy it now. Sixty nine ninety nine. Um, going back to the question, I was just curious uh, what, what the the prices are actually going for that. Um. What what makes them stand out? It's it's really it's 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 mainly the supply and demand. So especially with like the image titles, because they're going to have a, a lower print run. And this is something that that came up and uh, when it was announced that Infinity Number One sold out. So we look at Infinity. This is a Marvel Comics book. It's a it's a big event book. It's Jonathan Hickman, you know, Jim Chung, like almost all all characters. Huge lot of lot of expectations. Regardless what people say that they don't like events or crossovers, it's almost guaranteed that you know it was going to sell well. Retailers are going to order high. It's a big event. Um, Avengers versus X Men doesn't matter what people say; those books sold out. Age of Ultron; those books sold out. Um, the way comics sell out, what that means, and again, um, apologies to those that already understand this stuff. Retailers uh, put in their orders. So let's say uh, there's a hundred thousand people combined. You know that's that's how many people want book whatever. So the publisher they're going to print a little bit more than a hundred thousand copies because you know sometimes retailers they they're allowed to do reorders. They realize hey there's a lot of demand for this book. Can I get another five issues or ten issues or one issue or whatever? Um, there's also books that sometimes get damaged in shipping. Um, and you know, maybe a store ordered 25 copies, but, but four of them were messed up. So they need, you know, four more. So that the, the number of orders is what dictates how many copies are, are printed. So when, when a publisher says this book sold out, it doesn't mean the same thing for all retailers. Um, if, if a Marvel book sells out, that's one thing. It's not the same thing as if an image book sells out. They're not the same numbers. So what was impressive, impressive about Infinity is that had high orders. And I'm not sure what, what the numbers are on. I don't know if that's been released yet. So retailers ordered high because it was an event. And that's why a lot of people commented that their comic shop still had you know lots of copies. But what happened is it sold out at diamond they they ran out of copies so all the extra copies that they had whether it was for damage or reorders all those were gone so then that's when the publisher says we need to do a second printing so if a comic just uh, has a 20,000 print run versus 150,000 print run that that makes a difference now as far as what makes a book so expensive if something like in infinity number 1 that is not going to be worth the same as saga number one and it's just supply and demand there are a lot less copies of saga number one 
then there are infinity number one. So even though, you know, if you take something like, you know, how much um, Amazing Spider-Man 700, because I believe that is up to a fifth printing now, which is pretty crazy. Um, so looking on eBay now, I mean, there's there's graded copies, so that doesn't, I don't think that really counts. Um so here is a fifth print. Okay, six ninety nine. We don't need one fifth print. We need something older. Boy, everyone bought. See, <laughs> people bought this up and are, got them graded. Because like here's a seven hundred nine point CGC graded nine point eight is twenty two fifty. Okay. Um, well, here's one. Okay, Amazing Spider Man seven hundred unread near mint first print twenty nine ninety nine. Okay. Um, here's another one. Ten dollars. Um, let's see. There's not a whole lot of doing three ninety nine. There's still some day, days left to, to, to bid on that. So, if you look at that, um, eighteen dollars, eighteen ninety nine. Um, it's 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 got a decent price on there, but there are a lot of copies of that, and you know, then you have all the all the printings. So, as far you you can't if if you're looking at it from a you know a collective perspective, you know you it's it's hard to say you know this book is going to be worth this much money, so I'm going to buy five copies of it. You know those those days are are gone. It, it doesn't work that way anymore. So what makes it worth something? It's it's usually it catches people off guard is what it comes down to, and it catches retailers off off guard. You know, or something happens, and it doesn't have to be like a number one. It could even be, you know, the introduction of a character, or you know, here's this new character that appears. No one realizes that, you know, next month or five months or next year they're going to be a big deal. So there's really no way to to predict it. You know, you can look at the creators. You know, you can look at the characters. If it's a new book, you can kind of gauge it, but usually the number ones. Number ones are going to have a higher print run. Issue twos usually have less because, you know, people will buy the first issue and then they, they kind of, you know, trickle off. Some people may buy multiple copies or some people may decide, eh, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not going to, you know, continue with this because I'm reading too much. All right. Super Jedi 17 says, not including Dark Empire or Thrawn trilogies. I already have them. What are some good Star Wars comics that have Luke Skywalker as the star main character? I'd preferably like to read something that takes place after episode six, maybe even after Dark Empire trilogy, though any timeline would be sufficient. Got to have my boy Luke in the limelight, though. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. I don't. I can't think of anything. You know, aside from those that you, you mentioned, uh, you know, like the Dark Empire, doesn't seem like there's a whole lot um, with that took place after that. You know, most of the, the Luke stories took place in the novels. Uh, you check those out, you know, expanded universe books. Um, they really, really, I, I really dig those books. Um, I know there was one with the, the Yuzhan Vong, the invasion, I think it was called invasion. Luke appeared there, but he wasn't in there a lot. So I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, I'm assuming you're reading Star Wars by Brian Wood. Uh, you know, so that's taking place before episode six, obviously, but you know, those are, are really good. And then there's going to be a new Star Wars series that's based on uh, the original um, script for that. So it's going to be a little bit different. 
where it's going to be like, you know, Luke Starkiller or whatever. Um, uh, also, Super Jedi 17 says, is it just me or is it ridiculous that Nightwing's first ongoing hasn't had any reprints recently? The prices are ridiculous for the Dixon days of Nightwing, which really hurts as a new 52 subsequently got me into comics and made him my favorite character, non-Jedi. Um, it also makes me kind of think it's similar to George Lucas disregarding the original versions of the Star Wars films each time a new DVD Blu-ray is released. Um, I never saw the original versions being born in 94. I have the 97 versions watched, so I have, um, I have Han shooting second. Not too bad, in my opinion. Just awful singing sequence in Jedi. Um, Boba's voice being changed. Um, get us, I got off the topic. <laughs> Can't wait to have my question served in one to four weeks. Um, a little bit longer than that. Sorry. Um, as far as the, the Nightwing stuff, I'm, I I mean, I don't know if you've checked on, on Comixology. If, I don't know if you're into digital comics at all. You know, obviously, um, you know, I, I sometimes read you know, comics on my iPhone. It's, it's, it's doable. It's, it's not ideal. So it, it does help if you have, you know, an iPad or, you know, some other tablet to read them. But, you know, I'm, I'm seeing more and more comics available there. And, you know, a lot of times they're cheaper than, you know, trying to, to get the back issues as far as why they don't print them. You know, it, I, I don't know if there's, I, I don't think it's a matter of desync saying, we don't want to you know, release this. You know, we don't want to do that because they are releasing some older stuff from, from time to time or, you know, keeping it in print. It's, it's money to be made. And yeah, you know, yeah, they want to focus on the current stuff, but if there's a big enough demand, they, they might think that, you know, maybe there's not enough of a demand to, to release those in, in trade. I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's unfortunate because I, I totally get where you're coming from. That you know, you're you have this hunger to see, you know, what's going on, but you're not going to be able to. Um, let's see, Josh Orizaga. I was wondering if you have any knowledge on what Disney or Marvel plan to do with the Disney titles, in particular Darkwing Duck. Boom, Boom Studios did a great job until Disney purchased Marvel. Title abruptly ended and has left us with nothing. What's next? Um, I don't have an answer to this. Um, I wish I did because they were they were I, I I was getting like just about all those those series for my daughter, and you know I, I was reading them with her because you know when, when she was young and everything. She still is. Uh, but yeah, there, there's some good stuff. I know Marvel released a Marvel's Omnibus, I believe. Uh, it it just, it seems like, well, okay. It, it seems like they should make comics based on Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck, Darkwing Duck. Um, they had, you know, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. They had DuckTales. It seems like it should, it's like a given that they should do this. But it, then it comes back to the reality of, um, you know, kids' comics don't sell that well. That's why, like, Tiny Titans or Superman Family Adventures discontinued, I believe. Because, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how, how Boom does it and what their sales are. But, you know, when, when they're selling comics for three ninety nine, that's 
yeah, I, I could see a lot of parents being really reluctant to, even if it was two ninety nine, spend you know three or four bucks on a single comic for their kid. You know, when when they're going to read it, you know, ten fifteen minutes. Uh, so I I would love to see Marvel do more. You know, get get some you know top quality creators that, that you know understand the characters, give us some great stories. The problem is who's going to want to buy that. You know. So it, it would be nice to see. I actually I just saw someone tweet that they they were looking. I don't know if it was Scotty Young or someone else where they they wanted some Darkwing Duck comics, but they couldn't find it. It wasn't I don't it wasn't even on Comicsology. So it's just it's unfortunate because um, especially like with like with the Mickey Mouse comics, you know they were going on for so many years and now there's nothing. So I guess it's just it's just a matter of of money. You know, who's who's going to make it? Who's going to buy it? Moy Jingo says, just a quick question. I don't understand where the X-Files comic takes place. Is it before, after, or in place of the second movie? In the movie, they stopped being on a run, and the government pardoned them because they needed their help. In a comic, they're still on a run, so I don't know where this fits in. Um, it's been a while since I watched the movie, and I've been meaning to, to go back and check it out. Uh so the second movie, yeah, they were you know living on their own, and then that's where they they jumped in. I believe, they, so they were pardoned; they were no longer um, on the run. But I think they would still want to live in seclusion, you know, or, or you know, keep, keep their their distance from everybody else because they're just because the government says, okay, you're clear. You know, there's there's so many different layers of people out there that they were involved with that they probably were just like, yeah, you know, thanks, but you know, we're going to go somewhere else and just, you know, do our own thing. So I, I think that's where it left off. I'm pretty sure that this takes place after the second movie. Um, you know, that's why, you know, Skinner knew where they were at. Um, but you know, you know, another thing you can do is, uh, go on Twitter. If you have Twitter, um, just, Shoot Joe Harris, uh, uh, you know, a tweet. Ask him because I'm, I'm sure he, he could probably do that. Okay, here's a question from Phantom Five Five Five. Hey, G Man. So Indiana's first Comic Con is in March, and seeing how I live in in Indy, I plan on going. This will be my first con, so my questions is what should I know or expect from it? Also, if you can, what's a short list of do's and don'ts? Um, thank you. Very excited for March. So that's that's great. Um, the main thing, it depends on, on what sort of, uh, convention this will be. I mean, hopefully it'll be a a nice, um, big one, big enough one for, for you to enjoy. Um, one main thing will be what creators go there. You know, is, is there going to be anyone there that's of interest to you? Cause you know, if so, you know, you'd want to bring, you know, if, if you want comics to get signed or if there's any artists, you know, try to get commissions, um, you know, we, we've talked about this before. Uh, you know, some artists prearrange commissions. You, know, you can contact them through like their their sites and their blogs. You know, to, to get that, or you know, you can just go there and show up. You know, early in the day and and you know, tell them, hey, I want a sketch of of Spider Man or whatever. Uh, there should be lots of vendors there, so you know, bring some cash or have an ATM. Um, you know, make sure you, you know, if, if there's anything particular you're looking for, 
And also depending on, on the size of the convention, you know, are the publishers going to have any sort of presence and, you know, are, are there going to be any, any panels? But, you know, other things to think about is, you know, depending on, on how long you're going to be there, you know, just food sometimes can be a concern. If you're eating the convention fast food stuff, you know, it, it's, it's not bad. You know, I, I do it from time to time. It does get a little costly. So you don't want to think about that. You know, whether you bring water, um, bring deodorant. Uh, and, you know, if, if you're going to go with, with, with a friend or anyone like that. So, but the main thing is, you know, you you want to have fun, um, wear comfortable shoes um, you know, bring a camera because you, you know you're gonna want to take pictures. So, um, that that's about it. I mean, I don't I don't know if if I'm missing out on anything else, but the main thing is you know have a game plan. You know, try to find out what the layout is of the place. Um, you know what things there are that you want to see. So you know this mainly applies like if there's panels. You know, trying to you know map that out, and you know if there's any particular creators that you know you're you're looking to meet you know try to find out where they're going to be and just you know figure all that out before you get there but you know usually and also depending on how many days it is you know how many days you're going to go you know you should have enough time to to do pretty much what you'd want to do um rabid wolf dog says hey tony and guests still there there's no guests i've wanted to be a comical writer for some time now and i tend to do research when i write a story I want to know how much research is too much. Like, for example, if a story takes place during ancient Egypt, would it be good to learn all the names of the pyramids and all of the pharaohs and all the ancient gods and whatnot? Um, I, I would say, you know, you, you'd want to have a decent amount, but you wouldn't want to go overboard. Because, uh, you know, if, if you're gathering up all this, this, these facts and then you start throwing them into the story – to say, hey, I did all this research, and look, here's all this stuff. This is accurate. That could be a, a, a bit of a turnoff where people are like, okay, yeah, I get it. You know, you, you look this stuff up. But at the same time, you know, when you look at it, like, you know, what comes to mind is Scott Snyder, you know, sometimes, like, in, I remember, like, an early issue of uh, Swamp Thing where, you know, he he just did all this, like, botanical stuff, you know, just just little dialogue, um, narration that Al Collin was, was doing. And, you know, it, it is impressive. So you want to make sure you have enough. And also, you know, you don't want to make like a, a kind of a glaring mistake because, you know, you didn't check something. So I think it's just a, it's a balance of, of finding the right amount, but not going overboard, not spending all your time just working on that, on that. Um, and, you know, like, for example, knowing the names of all the pharaohs, is that crucial to your story? Do you, you know, is that going to be referenced or is it something that you would just mention just to throw in there to be more factual? So it just depends on, on what the story is and how much of it really takes place in that situation or that era. Um, so yeah, do some research, but at the same time you don't want to, I mean, what would be great if you had someone that could do the research for you, um, you know, so it doesn't take up all your time so you can, you know, make sure you have time to be, you know, do the creative aspect of it, not just a fact section, fact searching. But you know, you do. It is important that you you have enough of that. Do you find that balance? Life of vibe. Do we really need another Robin? There has already been four, not to mention two or three of them have died, depending on continuity 
if Batman gets another Robin, that would be pretty much um, label him as a child abuser, at least in a real world view. But in the fictional universe perspectives, um, Batman, I, okay, I'm not really sure what that's saying. Um, do we need another Robin? Uh, you know, the, the, the argument is that, yeah, you know, Batman always needs a Robin. Um, it's unfortunate, you know, yeah, I'm not a fan of Damien dying. Same time, you know, I, I do want him back. I wouldn't want him back right away. You know, it, it's, it's that, it's that, like that catch 22. You know, we want him back, but if he just all of a sudden pops up for whatever, you know, they, there could be some brilliant way to bring him back. Then it's like, well, what happens to all these stories? You know, then it's like, we went through all this for nothing. All these Requiem stories. Uh, at the same time, do we just want another Batman? You know, who, who would it be? There's, there's all that. And, you know, it could be a really cool character. You know, it could, could be your new favorite character, but yeah, it is getting to be a bit much. If all of a sudden it's like, dude, why are you going through so many sidekicks? So I don't know. Um, PS, do you think Grant Morrison planned this out from what I heard? He doesn't want another Robin because if DC gives Batman another Robin, as I said, um, I'm sure he's thought about it. You know, he's probably had long discussions with it. You know, they're not going to just say, all right, there you go. Um, we'll check back with you when you're done. You know, so they've, they've talked it all out. So whether they know what's next or not, and you know, it, if he's leaving the book also, it, it's not his call anymore. So they, they could say, okay, Grant's gone. We're going to bring Damien back now. Ready? You know, they probably wouldn't do that out of respect, but you know, they can do what they want. So whether he comes back, someone else comes in, no one, you know, maybe they just, um, they renamed Batman and Robin, you know, they've been sort of doing that. So there's, who knows what's going to happen. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, PSS, if he does get another Robin, how many Robins do you think DC will have until they stop? Um, I don't think there's any necessarily number. It's, it's a matter of finding the right one. The way the reason there's been so many Robins in the past is because time progresses more in the DC universe. This is pre New Fifty Two. Time goes by more than does like in a Marvel universe. So at some point, you know, we had all the stories with Dick Grayson. He, you know, he was no longer a kid. You know, he was he was like a almost an adult. You know, whether he was you know sixteen, I don't know the exact age when he he became Nightwing, but you know there is that part of it. Um, Jason Todd, his just thing is you know. For whatever reason, you know, people didn't really like the character. You know, there there's some harsh um, aspects to his personality. He died, so that's why he was gone. And then, you know, Tim Drake came, you know, the whole thing, Batman needs Robin and all that. And then it's like, yeah, they didn't need to bring Damien in, but that, that kind of added another, you know, angle to it. Because, you know, this this wasn't just another Robin. It was a Robin who was actually Batman's real son, you know, and, so I don't know. Um, and, you know, I, there's Stephanie Brown who, you know, she, I, I like the character, you know, she didn't need to be a Robin. So it's not like they're going to keep bringing in more Robins. They just, I don't know. They, they need to f- pick a Robin and stick with it for a while until the time progresses where, okay, this character has kind of aged a bit. Okay. Um, Sokoden. Uh, hey, Tony, and uh, hope you're having a good day. I have a question about some aspects of Vision's origin. When Ultron was creating Vision, why did Ultron give him the brain patterns of Wonder Man? 
Was there something special about Wonder Man's brain patterns? And was there something special about the original Human Torch? Since according to his origins, Vision was created from that of the original Human Torch. Um, I'd have to go back and and see why it was Wonder Man. And it might have just been a matter of those were the brain patterns that were on hand. Because, you know, Ultron probably needed some sort of brain patterns to direct um vision as far as human torch um so i'm trying to think back to the john Byrne, you know because obviously jim hammond human torch is not the vision you know it came out that that wasn't the case that vision wasn't the original human torch just changed um whether there's still a connection between them you know whatever i uh, I'd, i'd have to Go back and check that out. Um, and I'm sure it's also in on the, the character page. So I like the character vision, but I want to have a better understanding of why Ultron chose Wonder Man and the original Human Torch to create the Android Avengers. So yeah, so that's been changed with the Human Torch. Um, I'd have to get back to you on on Wonder Man. So that's a good one to leave off on. Actually, before I leave, because um, I actually have to get running, um, there are a couple questions. From Twitter that are not about fish. This is just crazy how many fish questions there are. Um, this is from Cage Yojimbo. How do you feel about conflicting origins in comics? Example, Taskmaster Udon 2002 versus Taskmaster Unthinkable 2010. Well, Taskmaster, um, the, 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 the recent uh, Fred Van Linty miniseries, kind of explained it where you know I don't want to give it away even though it's been a while but there was a an explanation why his origin was different um I don't know if if you just mean in general but you know sometimes they just make changes and you have to I mean there's there's the whole question with Lobo you know what's happening with with Lobo now cuz um you know we saw Rob Liefeld introduced him in Deathstroke, and then apparently, I think it was Jim Starlin in Death Watch, or Death Watch, Stormwatch, um, told his story, and now we're going to see something new about him. Um, it just, it it, sh- it shouldn't be done, obviously. You know, there, there should be some sort of limit on this. You know, if, if you're going to create an origin, don't just, you know, go and, and change everything. It's like, everything you knew before was wrong. You know, there, there should be some some consistency. So I'm not crazy about it, but if there's a, a specific reason, um, you know, whatever. Uh, it's it just, I guess the way I'm looking at it now, it's, it's like kind of choosing your battles. You know, is, is it worth getting all up in arms? If all of a sudden, you know, they say Spider-Man was actually, you know, came, was created, was chosen because of the sti- spider totem. And there's all this mystical reason, reasoning for him to be Spider-Man. Yeah, that that bothers me a little bit. So it just depends on if there if it there's a reason, if it makes sense, if it adds anything to the character. Um, and then Jeffrey Edge says everyone is all over Man of Steel because he killed someone. Have they forgotten Stark's multiple kills in Iron Man three? Iron Man three or Iron Man three. Iron Man is a bit of a different character. You know, if we look at Tony Stark in the comics, you know, he was he was a weapons dealer. He was selling weapons. He didn't have a problem. Does, does that mean he killed? Not necessarily. Um, 
So, and, and then, you know, it's like he, it's not like he ever made a vow, you know, it's not like it's part of his character that he would never kill. Um, he's not going to go out and kill, you know, as, as a first choice. So I, I just think that's the difference is as Superman is mainly been a character who doesn't kill. And so that's why people are having a problem with it is that's not what he's about. Um, Iron Man, you know, he's, he's not as noble, I guess, if you want to say that person. And again, it's not saying that if a police officer, army soldier, whoever, you know, it's not saying that they're not noble for doing their, their job. That's a completely different situation. So I think that's just the main, the main difference is, you know, you just, you kind of have to take each one separately. So on that note, I need to get out of here. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I apologize for the lack of guests, but hopefully we got through a bit more of your questions. Um, continue asking so I don't run out of questions um, since I'm on, on the last page, about halfway through the last page, almost halfway through. So go to the general discussion forums. I look for the Ask G-Man video questions. Put questions there. Sometimes I answer those in video format. Um, also on Twitter, if you, you know, ignore the fish questions, and just go, you know, my, my Twitter is G-Man from Heck. Use the hashtag Ask G-Man and your questions will be answered. If you listen on iTunes, so I mentioned this, you know, give, give the show a rating. Let people know. Um, let's me know. I appreciate it. I've seen some of the ratings and it's, it's, it's nice to know that, you know, I'm, that you guys want, want me to keep doing this because I will keep doing this. Um, next week, I honestly have no idea who's going to be on. Um, I need to start thinking about that, but I am off. Um, so I, I will be at PAX this weekend. Um, it'd be great if, I don't know why I'm bringing this up now because you guys won't hear this before, but hopefully might see someone there. Um, any of you guys, um, also just a, a heads up or looking forward a little bit. Um, me and Jen will be at Rose city comic con in Portland. So there will be that. Um, a bunch of us should be at New York Comic Con in October. And I'm hoping to make it to Long Beach again in November because I, I really like that convention. So that is our upcoming schedule. Thanks for listening. Um, put some comments below if you want. And I will talk to you guys next week. Goodbye. So, so my question, my question is, is, could it be? Could it be? We don't know. And I would like to ask like you which comic book does affect you, you most emotionally. emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's the question. Question. Don't shake your head. I love Alan This is a John Byrne issue. I love Alan Davis. I, I, I wasn't a fan of this. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team. I give this a two. <laughs>